Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Mary Peng. Mary is the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of the International Center for Veterinary Services, the first full-service international standard animal hospital and pet care facility in China. Headquartered in Beijing, ICVS is the premier companion animal hospital and humane animal welfare resource center, providing best practice medicine in line with the protocols of the AVMA. ICVS provides medical consultations and treatments, diagnostic laboratory testing, radiology and ultrasonography, vaccinations, soft tissue and orthopedic surgeries, behavior counseling, boarding, grooming, obedience training, and pet retail accessories. Mary created the first and only legally authorized veterinary learning exchange program in China at ICVS, bringing together veterinarians from China and from across the world to exchange knowledge on medical advances in diagnostics and treatments, new drug therapies, new medical equipment, and latest clinical research to improve animal health. Mary is a certified trap new to return practitioner and teaches TNR best practices supported by the ASPCA, the Humane Society International, and the International Fund for Animal Welfare. She also supervises the ICVS nonprofit Humane Animal Welfare Programs that includes pet owner education programs, shelter medicine, and shelter management training, TNR programs, adoption programs, service dog health care programs, and rabies vaccination programs across China. Mary is a project coordinator in China for the World Rabies Day Initiative to improve awareness and prevention of rabies. As an independent education consultant, Mary works with the administration, faculty, and students of international schools and universities in China, the United States, and in more than 20 countries to facilitate learning exchanges and cross-cultural enrichment programs to affect positive change for individuals, institutions, and the greater community. Mary, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's such an honor and a privilege to be on. Well, Mary, you are the first guest to represent China on the Community Cats podcast. So so you are reporting in for that whole country to us today. <laughs> well, this is really, really an honor. I'm, I'm deeply thrilled and I'm so happy to have an opportunity to provide listeners with a little bit you know, more information about what it is that we're doing in China. Yes, yes. So fill me in a little bit on how you got started, how you got interested in animal welfare. You have a past background with McKinsey and Company as a consultant. So how did you go from consulting into animal welfare? Well, I had always had pets my entire life. You know, I first was working in China. I first, you know, came to the PRC to live and work here in 1991. And shortly thereafter, I adopted a cat while I was in China. And what had happened was that the beautiful cat that I adopted here, I really just wanted to get her taken care of. I wanted to get her vaccinated. I wanted to have her spayed. In those early days, this is back to 1994, it was almost impossible 
to just get basic animal health care, things like vaccinations and spay-neuter surgeries performed in China. There was, there was, it was like non-existent. So I realized 20 plus years ago as a pet owner, wow, there is so much opportunity here for pet owners, not, not just you know for me, but just for, for all the local Chinese citizens that were starting to have more, more pets. So that was kind of what st- struck me and stuck with me all of those years. And it wasn't until I was working as a McKinsey consultant, I was um, living and working in Beijing. I had uh, a cat that I adopted in China in 1994. I had brought her back to the States with me. And then moving back to China in 2002, I brought her back with me to China. And at this time, you know, the cat was now eight years old and starting to become a senior cat, senior kitty. And again, after looking and watching and having pets in China this whole time, uh, waiting for, for the better part of almost 10 years, I realized that the needle had not really moved very much forward on the industry as a whole in terms of development. And I saw an opportunity at that time that I really considered to be once in a lifetime. And with all of my knowledge, training, you know, experience as a pet owner, my training professionally, business school, McKinsey, McKinsey consulting background, I thought this is a very interesting industry for animal health care and pet care. And there's tremendous potential to create a new paradigm for the industry. And that's basically what I did. It was really born out of very personal, personal reasons. I I needed desperately a full service, world-class animal health care and pet care facility for my cat. But I also knew that all the other people around, you know, that I was I was seeing dog owners with their dogs on the streets, with with their pets at home, their cats. I knew everybody wanted the same thing and that we all wanted to be able to take good care of our pets so that they could live as long as possible and be our beloved companions. And it wasn't going to be possible to have animals live long, healthy lives unless you had great medical care. So that was that was sort of the, the genesis behind the International Center of Veterinary Services. I founded the hospital in 2006. This is now our 10th anniversary in China. So we're really thrilled. This has just been an amazing journey and really just the culmination of, of, of like a dream come true for me. So I'm thrilled. That's excellent. So as you are developing this state-of-the-art program, the clinic, you also realized that there needed to be a nonprofit component as well as an interest in trap new to return. Did that happen right at 2006 or did you sort of add that nonprofit component in at a later date? That started the day that we opened doors. We developed it and it became much more professional, very well-structured, I myself trained and uh, you know became a certified TNR, I guess, practitioner uh, in the United States. I first trained with a nonprofit organization in New York City, where I'm originally from, uh, called Neighborhood Cats. And my good friend and the founder of Neighborhood Cats, Brian Cordes, trained me. This is in early 2000, 2000s, 2003 or so that I think I was trained. So I knew the basic tenets and the basic principles. And what we did was we knew that we needed to be able to create a structured 
mass trapping TNR program for China. At that time, most people didn't know what was TNR. Right. right. Uh, if anybody was trying to do any sort of uh, trapping, you know, we we didn't even have cages. We didn't even have cat traps. People were just trying to catch them with mm-hmm. bags or with, you know, uh, uh, carriers or kennels, which were, you know, as you can imagine, was not very effective and not very safe. So we created a trap bank. We purchased 50 traps that were part of our trap bank. We had tremendous support from neighborhood cats. We had support from the Humane Society of the United States. Nancy Peterson is a great friend, wonderful supporter. Every time I would uh, go on my travels, whether to Hong Kong, to the, AS, the, the Hong Kong SPCA, or to the United States, to the ASPCA, I believe we met, you know, when I went to visit the Merrimack Valley Society and visited your shelter in, uh, you know, in Massachusetts in about 2008 and, and toured your facility, which was fabulous, saw your mobile hospital, which is even more fabulous. <laughs> so those are the things that really gave us tremendous ideas. And it gave us a template and a model against which we were going to structure our TNR programs. So we had TNR programs in place when we opened doors in 2006. Granted, the program was very, very small. And most people didn't even know what we were doing and, and why we were doing this. And, and the whole principle of like putting them back was like, was like, why would you do that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, when, why wouldn't you keep them all? Why won't you? <laughs> so it, it's taken, you know, the better part of 10 years to really start to initiate this movement. Now this movement is in China is becoming much more widespread. We used to have to spend the majority of our time convincing people about doing uh, trap, neuter, return on all these stray feral cats that we have in our in our compounds. Every single courtyard compound, whether it's a it's a corporate complex or a residential complex. We all have colonies of cats. I have a colony of cat in my courtyard compound where I live. We have three colonies of cats in the uh, you know big residential compound where ICVS is based. So we've done been doing TNR every year at these compounds, and the number of stray cats in China is really increasing. All right, the ownership level of cats is increasing, but then you have more and more communities that are starting to feed the cats that just show up in their compounds. Right. So collectively, we have even more work to do uh, in terms of getting more communities, more neighborhoods uh, educated, involved, and to help them start their own TNR projects and campaigns. Finally, there is an alternative to flea and tick treatments that doesn't involve topical treatments, popping pills, and smelly collars. Best of all, this option lasts for up to two years. Cat and Dogs is a revolutionary biotech flea and tick repellent that keeps your pets free of parasites without the need for potentially harmful pesticides or other chemical, powder, or oral treatments, which can cause pet and human sickness or discomfort. Cat and Dogs is a unique electromagnetically charged disc that is simply attached to your pet's collar and generates a bioresonant field that repels not only fleas and ticks, but all flying parasites. It is completely safe, non-toxic, and has no side effects. It's eco-friendly and economic. The cost is just under $65 per tag. Remember, this lasts two years. For more information, check out 
catanddogs.us. That's C-A-T-A-N-D-O-G-S dot U-S and get your cat and dogs tag today. Are you swamped with miscellaneous papers and notebooks with details about the cats in your colonies? It's hard to keep track of all the details. Do you get a headache whenever your TNR coordinator asks you for paperwork that they need for their program? Cat Stats is the ultimate TNR program management tool that will reduce your stress. Set up your own online cat colony database and track colonies and caretakers in your service area. Mapping and automated requests for help are also featured. Designed by neighborhood cats, Cat Stats is available at no cost to animal welfare organizations. CatStats has an easy-to-use interface, and all of the information is protected and private. We want to help you spend less time on paperwork and more time helping cats. Check out this free tool at catstats.org, C-A-T-S-T-A-T-S dot O-R-G, brought to you by Neighborhood Cats. In the pre-interview chat that we had, you had mentioned a new initiative, and I'm thinking this may be feeding into the fact that you're trying to figure out ways to scale, scale yourself up. You you did a lot of research, you benchmarked with other programs, which I think is great for anybody wanting to start a new program. Always go and see what others are doing to be able to learn, to be able to take what, what others have done and make it even better. But then now you, you are asking the questions of, you know, how can we scale this up? And you're answering the question by saying it can't all be done by my one clinic. So how can we work with other private practices and show them techniques on how to deal with feral cats and high quality, high volume spay neuter techniques? Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that new initiative? Sure, absolutely. What you know, one of the bottlenecks that we see is the ability of veterinarians to perform a high volume of spay-neuter per veterinarian per day. These techniques, these high-quality, high-volume spay-neuter techniques are are usually not trained to doctors in veterinary schools, even in, in the United States. They're certainly not trained here in China. It's not something that you get as most, you know, on-the-job training or learning if you're a veterinarian in a private uh, private practice. So these types of techniques are really part of the veterinary training that is essential to be able to have a, a critical mass of doctors in, in each market that know how to do this uh, so that they can, you know, each doctor would be able to spay neuter anywhere from 25 to 35 animals per day. You've got to be able to get up to that number of volume, you know, scale. In order to really make a dent, uh, right now I would say most animal hospitals, even very big, you know, large, busy hospitals, even hospitals, on average I would say you perform five days a day. That would be a very full surgery schedule. Now to go from five to twenty-five or five to thirty-five, be able to have the doctor uh, perform five to seven times the the volume of surgeries in a day. Now, that's going to take some training. So what we're doing in, in China uh, at ICD is we're pioneering the first high-quality, high-volume spay-neuter veterinary training program. We are fundraising for this. 
if, if listeners are interested, please contact us. Okay, This is something that we're trying to uh, create so that we have a sustained program where we're going to be training all the veterinarians at ICBS. And then we're going to be training government veterinarians that are working at government shelters and uh, animal, you know, animal welfare organizations in China. We're going to be training up veterinarians that are coming out of vet school. We're going to be training veterinarians that are in private practice at other hospitals. This is a program for China. It is going to really raise the bar on humane animal welfare and to give the doctors here the tools and the skills that they need to be able to make a dent in the animal uh, populations that we have. You know, Beijing, where we're headquartered, has a population of about 24 million people. That's one city. That's mind-boggling. So, <laughs> so, you know, you know, Stacy. You know, years ago we talked about calculating, you know, numbers of cats in a community. Right. And we still do use that, you know, population, you know, ratio of about six humans. Every six humans, there's perhaps one, you know, one cat in the community. So if you have a population of 24 million people. Let's divide that by six. We're looking at four million cats in a minimum that that we need to take care of here. I think personally that is a low estimate. I believe we have way more than four million cats in Beijing alone. If you then try to scale that across the nation, where we have you know one point three billion people, how how many cats is that? How many dogs is that for us to spay and neuter? When the national spay-neuter rate is less than 5% across this country. So the work that we have ahead of us that, you know, is cut out for us is going to be substantial. No one veterinary hospital or facility or, or you know, veterinary college or agriculture university is going to be able to do this by itself. So we need to be able to have a concerted effort. And this program is nonprofit in its nature. You know, we're donating our facilities. We're donating our time, our staff time, our management time. But what we are fundraising for is basically in order to be able to have the medical supplies and materials to make this happen. You know, you have to have surgical kits, right? You need mm -hmm. the scalpels and, right. and all of the medical equipment and tools. Each of those packs you have to purchase. Most hospitals, even big hospitals like ICBS, you wouldn't have more than, you know, maybe eight or 10, right? Because right? that's enough to take care of surgery for a day. Now we need to have 25, 35 packs, Right. So there's investment for the equipment to, to, to be able to handle that type of volume. Then we need to be able to take care of every single dog, cat that we spay or neuter through this program. And there's medical supplies, there's drugs, there's antibiotics, there's sutures, there's you know pain medication, there's anesthetics that we have to purchase. All of those things per animal is gonna, you know, gonna cost, you know, maybe about Remingby, maybe about 700 Remingby, 800 Remingby. That's about maybe 100 US dollars per animal, right? So these are the things that we're fundraising for. And, you know, we're going to be able to, to handle, um, you know, hundreds and thousands of animals that are going to be spayed and neutered. And the veterinarians that are participating in our nonprofit programs are going to learn how to become high quality, high volume spay neuter veterinarians. And are you also handling sort of the economics of it too? Because they will be having to, 
are you going to give them the extra spay packs, the extra materials, or is it going to be something that they'll need to fund within their own practice and, and sort of understand the economics of that? Right. So what we're doing is those veterinarians and those facilities that are interested in participating in humane animal welfare programs, like like what we're doing, we're going to be teaching them how to do the fundraising. So there's also an element of training. Uh, we, we're, we're going to be working with the um, shelters and the rescue organizations. But most importantly, we're going to be trying to work together with a lot of the government animal welfare organizations, right? Uh, a lot, most of these programs that we're talking about, you do have to have buy-in by the government. But, you know, governments in most countries, especially most emerging markets, you know, they're, they're really, really stretched for resources. They don't have the funds available. They don't have the manpower available. If you're going to wait for government to do this, you know, you know, on their own, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. They're not going to have the money. They're not going to have the resources. They also may not have the knowledge about the new techniques or, you know, the current, you know, current methodology that's being employed in other markets around the world. So I think it's up to the private sector to be able to bring this to the to China to the market and then be able to help teach humane best practices through pilot programs. So the pilot program that we're going to be initiating is going to be based in Beijing. We're going to use our facility, our hospital. We do have a uh, American veterinarian. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Boser, and she is a high high quality high volume spay neuter practitioner. She has done thousands and thousands of spay neuter. Now she will go away for a week in Ecuador. I think recently she, you know, was away for a week on one of the islands of Hawaii mm -hmm. and they did more than 320, 330 cats in the space of less than a week's time that she was there performing high volume spay neuter. So these are techniques that, that, you know, are already available. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, but you do need to tailor them for the local market, right? In, in terms of, you know, what are, what are skill sets that are available? What are drugs that are available? What are anesthetics that are available? What are facilities <laughs> that right. are available? Right. You know, it, it really does have to be high quality, high volume spay neuter with Chinese characteristics, but we're going to hold true to the international standards of safe surgeries, right? And humane surgeries with lots of pain management. Tune in to our next episode for part two of this great conversation with Mary Ping and what's happening with Community Cats in China. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 